Hello, this is episode 347 of the Global Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Reddy. So this episode is a kind of a continuation to the kind of, it's a three-part almost, to go with the last two episodes. And it's on belonging and suffering. And it's funny because I think this might be my last podcast of the year, I'm not sure yet. I'll say that it's the last podcast of the year and then I'll get a lightning bolt to do something next week and, you know, whatever happens. But I've avoided recording a podcast on this because I don't want to disagree with somebody. I hate any sort of confrontation or competition or one-upmanship or being right. But there's a sense that this podcast is also only recorded for a very small set of people, probably only about 2% of the population. So the other work applies to the other 98%. And is, you know, quite accurate and quite valid. And I know far more of that 2% than I should. We talked about the little blinky light on the top of my head. And there's also a sense of, I very seldom speak about that, except to the people who come to me who are completely lost and are kind of like, what's wrong with me? And sometimes, you know, it's a good idea to speak about it because everyone else is going to bumble around and wonder what's wrong with them if you don't, if you're not brave enough. But there's also a a part of us that says so firmly in the shadows that so few people ever actually get to know the truth of us. But this has kind of been following me around and when I end up doing like a two-hour mentorship on this topic, it's a kind of, I think you need to talk about this moment. So I'm going to put an, an audiobook, a link to an audiobook in the description And I've recommended it to many people. And it was one of those sort of moments where I listened to the whole book. And it's funny because I always have complete recall when I'm listening to things. I can think of, oh, I went for a walk there when I was listening to that. And I just reached there when it happened. Or I'd be driving in the car. And I can actually pull back those moments. And there's this line at the end of the book. And I'm going to paraphrase it. But it's basically like everyone turned up to this space during the pandemic because they needed X. And if you didn't, well, you know, you're just an alien. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Eureka, there I am. There, there's the alien me. Um, thank you. <laughs> I feel kind of validated. You know, you've, you've just actually spoken to the alien in me and explained what was completely different to me and everyone else that rocked up to that space during the pandemic. You just actually spoke in the sentence that they clarified that. And I'm kind of like, okay, I'm not going around the twist. The fact that I've listened to the whole rest of the book from a different place to everyone else has just been validated. And so ultimately, what happens in terms of belonging, like I said recently, that there is a great benefit to not belonging because it gives you a different viewpoint and different frame of reference. When you're younger, that, that frame of reference is very difficult and the conditioning of society is, is that you should belong somewhere and you should be able to find your tribe and your set and people should get you. And, you know, I, I sat in a cafe yesterday with my mother and she was kind of fascinated by these four women because she's kind of like, she couldn't help noticing them. This is obviously where I get it from. Like, So she's like, they all have, they're all around the same age and they all have babies that are the same age. Like, did they plan that? Like, do they all know each other and are they all friends that plan that? Which actually does happen. Or 
they're kind of they don't look alike enough to be sisters but that's possible too or did they all meet at a class you know some baby class and become friends which is also a distinct possibility but there are many people out there who plan to have their children with other people you know and like that's the ultimate sense of belonging and you know that 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 sense of fitting in and doing what's expected and having people around you who are also going through the motions of what's expected of them and taking off all these boxes and conforming. And so there's this sense, and where does suffering come into this? Suffering comes into this because you have the strength to realize that staying in your truth matters a lot and being kind of in what I call the gap matters more to you than fitting in because you never ultimately meet people like you and this is one of the things I say to people when I'm working with them I say have you met lots of people with bits of you but never all of you and they're always like yeah yeah yeah." you know like and that's that's ultimately it but there's also an acceptance in that in that you don't need everybody to meet all of you you can actually speak to different parts of yourself and different people and bounce around groups and I did this a lot in university I probably had more sets of friends and transversed more groups of people and more types of people than anyone else in my course and it was quite interesting because my course was so small it was 22 of us who started 21 who finished one went off to be a jump depth pilot in Arizona Everybody else wanted to swim with Fungi the Dolphin and there I was doing physics and maths physics and chemistry. And I actually left the course for a time. And and everybody else in that course really stuck to themselves and I hardly knew my course. I knew so many other people in university and so many other facets of friends where I found parts of myself and other people. So there was an acceptance in that as well, in, in not expecting all of me to be met and not expecting all of me to be understood. And I suppose, you know, I listen to some really weird readings sometimes on, on YouTube, and there was some, there's many kind of labels and names attached to this, and I don't really want to go into all of them. Like, there, there are many different ways that, that INFJs can find themselves, and the only reason I use personality is because I can break down an explanation of those parts of yourself and those needs and those gaps and the parts of you that aren't being met and and what you need to do to fulfill yourself and to not suffer ultimately to not suffer in not conforming and so there's a and all of the people who have worked on that personality theory successfully are all INFJ so we all get that sense of seeing everybody and so there is also a huge acceptance of where other people are at and an acceptance of that gap and an acceptance of not needing to change other people from who they are, but also seeing the consequences of their actions and I suppose the parts that we can't forgive are this sense of true equality. There are other people talk about equality and it's not equality in how we see it. It's it's a total lack of hierarchy. It's um it's a fundamental core respect in how we treat everyone. It's how we meet people and see people and meet them where they're at and don't need them to be anywhere else. We don't need to fix people. You know, and so we see the consequences of other people's actions and we see the popular people in the room and 
at times we're kind of like when we're younger, we're kind of like, oh, why can't I just be one of those, you know, and, and, and move in that way? But you also have had enough experiences, unfortunately, where you know like that, that they don't have an acceptance of you and of the gap and of where you see from. And they, they, they will like, you know, they'll sort of cut your throats, you know, if necessary to, you know, to stay in pole position, which is a horrible experience. And, you know, no matter how much I want to save people from the experiences I've had in the past, it's very difficult to do that. It's, there, there, is, there is a gullibility to INFJs that is so hard to explain because you see so much you are so aware, you're so emotionally aware from such a young age, and yet there's this ridiculous gullibility, like we, on, on so many levels, we have been stung by people in a way, and, and this is another one that I, I say to younger people when I work with them, especially if there's going to be a lot of finance involved, we have a horrible track record. I can think of many famous INFJs who have made it, who have all had their money embezzled from them. Like, I mean, the gullibility goes to extraordinary levels in them. They um, they really don't see where other people move from. Well, yet they do, but yet they have such an acceptance that they're kind of like, but I accepted that about you and I didn't think that was going to hurt me. Um, and so it is, like, it's, it's, there are many contradictions to it. But it does, like it takes a strength to accept where other people are at, accept that you may not have all of you met, to actually get reach a point in your life where you get really excited. I, get, I, I, I love the people the most who understand what they don't get about me and what they, what, what they can't reach and what they see someone else reach with me. The part system that someone can speak to that they can't. That that's what I get most excited by. That that level of understanding and acceptance. But like there are so many times where I will now make the choice, and this is part of this not conforming, but also choosing not to suffer and choosing to have a, a, a really good self-care sort of package. Like ultimately what I have seen and what I say to all people who I work with, is that you need a really private compartment that's really well formed and, and has a really rock solid foundation that, that you keep from the world to a certain degree. And then you can go out in the world and you can be various different comedians. We basically change who we are to, to match the people around us and do what we, what we need to do basically. But a lot of the time, as I have got older, and maybe this is a, a, a part of me of always being shy, um, I'm really not a very Leo person, and I will sit there and I will do a sort of a risk analysis and I think, can I still help to achieve change here and for growth to happen and not need to step out? You know, can I, can I stay in the shadows and still help to achieve the big things here? Do, do I really need to be out there, you know, waving a banner and, and bringing such attention to me and such focus on that gap and such a sense of, I know how that will play out and land because I've been here too many times before. Do I really need to do that? 
And I will often land on, no, I don't need to do that. Which is why I started writing the book that I'm writing at the moment. And that is a very thankless place to be. Like, there is so much that, that people don't remember and that doesn't come back to you as change. I can't remember how I put this to somebody, somebody in the last couple of days. Like, I sort of said, like, it's all about your frame of reference and your focus if you, if you don't want to suffer. Because, you know, if you focus on, on, the, on the practical and the small things and the incremental change and the things happening without, you know, having this huge responsibility to the world and this huge obligation and this huge sense of what you have to change, which can be overwhelming in, in what you want to achieve and what you want to do but if you can scale that back and just sort of keep moving forward in those little things rather than focusing on some big monster you know change might happen within that and and you won't have died in the process you know and and you won't have suffered and you won't you won't be dragging a boulder around with you and so there, there is there's a kind of a risk assessment that takes place in life in how much do I need to be out here? But the, the trade-off to that is you are not going to belong. You, you are choosing at times moments of isolation and strength in that. And you, you can go... I think you go through various different iterations of that in life. Like you're prepared to maybe compromise more, to to kind of move with society maybe in your 20s. I think gradually in your 30s you get a bit more discerning and that's where people start to have conversations with me in, you know, that they want the strength to stay in their truth and to not make compromises. And then, you know, gradually you form a tribe around you who really get you where you are not making compromises when you're not necessarily out living the sort of life everyone else expects you to live at that point and a lot of people like frankly settle down and get very boring and you know they're they're only out like you know once every so often on a bender basically to to get over their existence of all the things they're doing, whereas you're you're kind of not doing that. You're incrementally moving towards something, but you're you're doing it very quietly, and there's not a lot of razz dazz to it. And I think there's a lot of hard work that goes on in the background that people don't even join the dots back to. And it doesn't have to be as thankless maybe as my existence is. And I I still think that there will be a time where maybe that will change and it's it's funny because I I keep looking for you know I, I really need a literary agent and I really need an INFJ literary agent and they do exist I know they exist but often by the time I find them they're dead and I really like I have such a moment of like sadness and pang in those moments like it's so difficult to explain to someone where you know you found someone who would really get you and you're like, oh, but they're not here anymore. And, you know, like, it, it's just, it's such a tragic place. But, you know, it, it'll happen in its own time. And there's so much authenticity and so much of myself in my writing that eventually the world will see me. They won't all like what they see. And that's fine. It's not any different to 
every the, the the rest of the way that I'm living in that I'm not belonging, I'm not I'm not conforming, I'm not going through the motions. It's not gonna be any different than that. But there will become a time where my soul will be seen. It's not seen by very many people at the moment. The only people who who truly know me are the people who work with me. They're the only people who truly get what I do and who who stay connected and that those dynamics grow and grow. And, and I've seen that and I feel very blessed to have met so many amazing people that I have kept in my world and who have supported me so much and who, who really see all those parts and, and see the bits that they don't get. That's huge and it's magical. But I don't belong and I don't have any aspirations to. It, it comes at it's such a cost for me to do that. But there are costs when you're younger to not doing it. And it's up to you to just sort of, it like, the biggest reason you suffer is because you think there is something wrong with you. You think that, that there's something that you're not doing that there's something that you, you can't match in other people. And when you get over that and you think, actually, it's okay to be me and it's okay to stay in my truth and it's okay for everybody not to meet all of me. When you, when you have that, that eureka moment, you're not going to suffer anymore and you can have a huge acceptance in where everybody else is at. And like, you know, ultimately, I'll finish on this note, it actually doesn't take very many people to get you to make you feel better. Like I said a number of years ago, that it only takes one unicorn in your life to, to truly value you and see you for you to actually go, okay, this is great, I can do this. Just one unicorn. That's all you have to find. And there, there's actually plenty of them out there when you start looking, when you turn on your little blinky light, you know, it's, it's quite extraordinary. They can they can find you from miles. So I think that's a good wrap-up to the year. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for believing in the weird alien in Ireland.